kindly take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Precious Holy Ghost, thank you for your presence here. We are here to receive from you, minister to us, and let our lives never be the same again. In Jesus' name, somebody shout a big amen. I said shout a big amen. As you are shouting, your healing is coming. As I shout a big amen. As you are shouting, your door is opening. Shout a big amen. As you are shouting, the Lord is remembering you. Shout a mighty amen. Will you open your Bibles quickly with me to the book of Psalm chapter number 68 to the verse number 11. And uh, this is a scripture that as I stood in this place, the Lord dropped in my spirit for us to start today's message from. Psalm chapter number 68 and the verse number 11. The Bible says that, and the Lord gave the word and great was a company of those that published it. The Lord gave the word. The Lord gave the word. God is in the ministry of giving words. God likes to speak. Anytime God wants to do anything, he releases a word. And the Bible says that the word does not travel by itself. There are those who must publish it. And the Bible says that the people or the number who are to publish it are a great number. I pray that you are part of this great number. I said, I pray that you are part of this great number in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Last week Sunday, I was sharing with you on a subject, advancing God's kingdom through kingdom labors. And the emphasis of the message was for every one of us to begin to identify ourselves as laborers in the house of God or laborers in the kingdom of God. And our anchor scripture was from the book of Luke chapter number 10. You read, we read from the verse number 1 to the verse number 2. And in the verse number 2, Jesus said, The harvest truly is great, but there's a challenge, there's a problem over here. And the problem is that the laborers are few. The laborers are few. God is interested in the harvest, but there's a problem that God is facing. And the problem is that those who he can use, to bring the harvest home and to reap the harvest, they are few. So he said, the laborers are few. People of God, I want to submit to you that one of the most important desires of God is to get laborers. Someone say laborers. One of the things that God desires strongly for is to get people who labor. If you are a child of God and you are not a laborer, you are not part of the vision of God. If you are a child of God or you belong to God and you have not yet become a laborer, a laborer, a laborer is a worker. Somebody is working very hard and toiling. When we say, uh, we say a laborer, we are not talking about somebody who is resting or sleeping. We are not talking about somebody is lazy or lying down unconcerned. We are talking about somebody who is giving efforts to an assignment who is working purposefully towards a goal. And so God wants us to be laborers. God wants us to be laborers and unless there is labor, we cannot advance the kingdom of God. Praise God forevermore. I pray that God will make you a liberal. I say I pray that God will make you a liberal. So Jesus said we should pray for laborers. And then he did not ask us to pray for politicians. He did not ask us to pray for rich people. He did not ask us to pray for handsome or 
people, for uh, ugly people, for tall people, for short people. But it says that no matter the form and the size that you may come in, you should come as a liberal. So it is about being a liberal. It is about being a liberal. And Paul the Apostle also emphasized on this concept about liberating. And he told us that we are fellow liberals, co-liberals with the Lord Jesus. First Corinthians chapter number 3, the verse number 9. He said that we labor together with him in his, in his garden. We labor together with him in his building. And Paul himself called himself a liberal. So brothers and sisters, if you are not a liberal, you are not part of the special group of God, the special group of people that God even asked us to pray that God will release them for us. So you need to be a liberal. And I started sharing with you on some areas that you can labor in the house of God. God wants us to labor. I wish I could drum this into your spirit well enough. And the first area I told us that we're supposed to labor in is to labor in prayer. Is to labor in prayer. Prayer is work. Prayer is labor. The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter number 4, the verse number 12, about a man called Epaphras. And he was praying for the Colossian church. And he was laboring fervently for them in prayer. That they would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So to labor in prayer is to labor in, in kingdom advancement prayer. Glory to Jesus Christ. I was talking to one daughter some weeks ago, and my daughter was telling me that, ah, Papa, I want to be very powerful. I want to come and pray. Now, we started praying two weeks. Wait, 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 wait. She has jumped. and After today, she's restored to the booth. If you love too much, we'll catch you. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. But labor in prayer. Standing and praying for the church. Praying for the members of the church. Praying that the work of God will go on well. Praying for the, the pastor. Praying for, for, for the vision that God has given us to come to pass. It is not selfish prayer. It is not prayer that is about God bless me and my family as only the rest leave them. <laughs> no, it is praying that the work of God will go on. Laboring, laboring. You see a brother who is in need. You see a brother who is backsliding, a sister who is backsliding. Instead of going to gossip about the person, get your little book of prayer. Write the person's name there. Midnight, you wake up, you go on your knees and say, Father, I pray for Tajwa, I pray for Tajwa, Tajwa, come back to God. Come back to God. I will not allow you to die and go to hell. Hira Baba, Hira Baba. You are praying. It is not the kind of prayer I pray that God give me a car, give me a husband. No, 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 no. Those kind of prayers are nice and important, but they are not kingdom prayers. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not in seeking for meat and drink. No. The kingdom of God is not in seeking for selfish things. The kingdom of God is, to, is seeking the vision, the mind, and the purpose of God. When you are in church, what are you here for? You know, I heard uh, some years ago that some people join churches because they are looking for a beloved. And they know that it's likely that in the house of God you get a God-fearing person. So they say that, ah, let me join the church. And so their vision in life, their aspiration and their ambition is that I'll catch a beloved. Oh my God. And then I'll make him mine. I'll make him mine. And then, and then, and then, no, 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 no. Brothers and sisters, you must desire desperately that you seek first the kingdom of God. 
seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he says, every other thing that you are looking for shall be added unto you. I pray for you that whatever you are looking for, may God give it to you. I said, may God give it to you. Your amen will bring you an instant miracle. I said, may God give it to you. So, you need to labor in prayer. And then the second area of labor that I was speaking about was the labor in kingdom service. Everybody must find himself working in the house of God. Find something that you are doing. What is your name connected with? And I showed you uh, that in heaven, everybody is connected to what they do. Paul the apostle, Jesus the Christ, uh, Job the servant of God, Abraham my servant, David my servant, David the king. So what is your name? What is your name and what are you connected to? If your name is Ruth, there must be something that is connected to your name. If your name is uh, Emmanuel, there must be something that is connected to your name. That gives you spiritual relevance. That gives you spiritual significance. You are not identified. Just come on. Your name. Do you know the number of people who have it? Who have that name. You know the number four of that name in heaven. So there must be something that heaven is recognizing you for. And it is in your service to God. In your service to God. When you are serving God, it is not about serving, it is not about looking at men. No. It is about getting relevance in the realm of the spirit. Getting a name. They should have your name and say that, ah, uh, Amad the singer, the one who can sing and heaven will drop in the place. Uh, the, the, your name should be there. Abraham, the, 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 the instrumentalist, uh, who, uh, who is, who serve God desperately. Your name should appear, Sharon, uh, oh, the, 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 the worker, the soul winner. What is your name connected to? Oh, your name is connected to your chair. Priscilla, who always sits in the corner. Uh, 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 what other name? Uh, uh, I hope you are getting me. Your name must be associated with something that you do. And that is how you begin to appear in the realm of the spirit. Glory to Jesus Christ. So we must labor in the service in the house of God. Labor doing something for the Lord. Oh, somebody sang that song. And it's that, when you call me, I will answer. When you call me, I will hear. When you call me, that I will be somewhere working for my God. When they are calling you, where will you be? Will you be in your boyfriend's arms? Will you be in your girlfriend's, on your girlfriend's laps? They are about to cut off your head very soon. <laughs> they are about to remove your eyes. Delilah's laps. When we are calling something, somebody that God has given a special anointing to be, bring advancement to the kingdom of God. When we are calling something, something was upon Delilah's last. He was enjoying Obanisre. It's been a long time I said that one. Obanisre. Hey, Sradinamna, Obanisre, no. I'm a washing what are you talking about? Master, this is a bash. You better clap for me. <laughs> Ooh. Is it, when they call you, where will you be? Where will you be? Somebody may be laughing at me right now, but yesterday night, where you were, sister? Oh, my God. Hey. Praise him, praise him. Where will you be? Where will you be? I said, where will you be? I said, where will you be? 
when they are calling you, when heaven is calling you, when the captain of our great army is calling, where will you be? You should be found at the place of service, working very hard and laboring for the kingdom of God. Where will you be? Somebody yours is not on Obasrel. Yours is in some, 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 some bet way. You are doing, you are doing bet. Where will you be? I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but it could be you. Uh, ask the person beside you, are you the one he's talking about? Uh, uh, you are in some scum, scumming center, trying to, you say you are doing pa pa pa. Where will you be? Uh, you see, odds. What are the latest odds? My God. Now there the BBI Yoloto, National Science and Mass Square, almost only Yoloto. That is why we decided to step out of the game. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. As soon as my school saw that and we want to start using bets, we stepped out of the game because, because if they bet on us, we win now. That's what I talking about. Yeah. So the matter says, anybody come and ask me again. <laughs> Give a clap of praise to Jesus Christ. Hey, where will you be? Somebody cannot clap because they don't have school. They have school. They, they just appear in the university. They cannot. No school ni enim ni diu kwa ubebiya. Even school uniform color kabi. Oh glory! I have I died and I'm resurrected now. This is Sunday. <laughs> Resurrection Sunday. Yes. Where will you be? Nyami shushawa ehivano behu. So a friend, a friend of bar. Where will you be? We must be found serving God. He said, Abraham, my servant, David, my servant, Job, my servant. What will you be doing serving God? Please, don't be in the house of God and then you are not doing anything. Oh, maybe I may buy and change. I may say, oh, see, maybe. The very first day you come to the house of God, if you want to be an effective Christian, the very first day you enter into Christ, find something doing. I told you the other day that the reason for our salvation, the reason for our redemption, so if you see God do a miracle for you, the next thing you should start doing is to start serving. Tell Pharaoh to let my people go that they may serve me. Let my people go that they may serve me. Let my people go that they may serve me. So anytime there's a deliverance, anytime there's a miracle, anytime God heals you, He's not just healing you for you to come and do showcase. Oh no, He's healing you so that you bring your mind and come and start serving Him. So you must serve the Lord. Whether in prayer, finding something to do in the house of God. And every week, every Sunday when you come to church, your name must be part of the service. How? Do something concerning the service. There are some people over here every Sunday when the angels are bringing blessings. Your blessing will be there. Why? Because you are part of those who serve the church. You are part of those who arrange the chairs. You are part of those who came for rehearsal so that you can sing. You are part of those who rehearse so that you can come and dance. You are part of those who came to decorate the place. You are part of those who set up the place. Anytime, listen to me. There's no service for Jesus that angels are not, don't come to bless you. Every time we gather like this, God releases angels. And when the angels come, you see, some blessings are wholesale. Some blessings, when those are the special ones, they begin to look for reasons why they must give that blessing to you. And when they are looking for a reason to give you the blessing, will they find a reason? 
He said, present your keys. Bring forth your strong reasons. So, in this service, who is entitled to a blessing? Are you part of those who are entitled to a blessing? Because of something that you did. Or there's nothing that we can attribute to him to. He just came to sit down to enjoy. Enjoy. And some today don't come and enjoy in peace, so they will start complaining. She said, I told them, yes, she said, she said, I didn't cry any. I said, I <laughs> Mercy. Praise God forevermore. So labor in service. And then number three, labor in preaching. Labor in preaching. I I did a good one on that on Tuesday. You can go back to when listen to Tuesday's message. But you see, preaching is not just for pastors. Preaching is for the wise. It is for the wise. I don't know whether I have said it correctly. It is for the wise. It is for the wise. First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 9. It says, For you remember, brethren, our labor and our travail, for laboring night and day, because we will not, we will not be chargeable unto any of you. We preach unto you the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of God. He was telling them that preaching is labor. Preaching is labor. As I'm standing in front of you over here, you see, a lot of people insult pastors because they say that, oh, uh, all he does is come and stand in front of the people and shout. Do you know what it takes to preach? Do you know what it takes to preach? But more importantly, preaching the gospel, telling others about Jesus Christ. Some of you, anytime on your own, will not go for soul winning. And when we are organized, all of us let us encourage ourselves and go to you will not appear. When we are talking about the blessings from preaching, you are missing out on that one. Preaching is proclaiming the good news. Telling people about Jesus and about what Jesus has done for them. And it is not just for the pastors. It is not just for the pastors. It's a great commission. It's a commission to preach. Mark chapter 16 verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Listen. Um, I work at your office. But are there people in your office that need to hear about Jesus Christ? Say again. They are all Christians, so they don't need to hear about Jesus Christ. Okay, you do other people come to your office? Don't you have clients who come to your office? Very good. Now, because I don't work at your office, it's unlikely that I would be able to meet them. So how would Jesus meet them? You who are over there. Praise God forevermore. Are you understanding me? So if the gospel will reach everybody, it is the pastors alone cannot do the work. The pastors alone cannot do the work because there are people that you meet that your pastor will never meet. Then I go. Prince, And I'm in Modin, Indiana. Prince! How many people have you preached to this week? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen and amen. There are people that Prince will meet. That I will never meet. There are some of Prince's friends. I will never know Prince's friends. The only person that God can use to reach them is Prince. Are we together? Are we together? So we must understand that for the gospel to be preached to every creature, every one of us must get involved in preaching. Must get involved in preaching. 
And preaching is not difficult. Preaching is telling somebody that Jesus loves you and he came to die because of you. So give yourself to him. Three lines with you. Three lines with you. Three lines. Telling somebody that God loves you. And so he sent Jesus to come and die for you. So give yourself to him. Is that one too difficult? Is that one too difficult? But then it also carries the power that can change the person's life. Obviously, when you start those three sentences, Holy Ghost will come upon you and add other words. But at least these three lines. These three lines. You can tell yourself that from today when you include from church, if you are you you bought a vehicle, you take any young go or whatever, you want to walk so that you meet people and tell them these three lines. Tell them these three lines. Tell them these three lines. It will amaze you who your life will touch. Who your life will touch. There's somebody on the street right now. Or something like that. Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Somebody open up so oko hangin him. So And that little statement, so the person can decide that ah, why why did this person tell me this thing? If you're with Janoko, you've even gone. You you don't even know what your wife has done. Ah, before you realize, God has started touching the heart of that person. One day we'll meet in Heaven Street, and the person said, Ah, do you remember me? I said, I don't know you. I was the one that you told the other day that God loves me. He sent Jesus for me, and so I should give myself to Him. When you left, something kept speaking to me. Ah, that day I was going to kill myself, but because of your words, I am in heaven today because of you. If you go, you don't want anybody to go to have you come. you understanding me. Later in preaching, tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Mark 16, 15. He said that go and preach to every creature. Every creature means that they are obolo, they are slim, they are rich, they are poor, they are, they are uh, even Christians. Because yesterday when we came back from the campus invasion, oh, I wish we could have played the campus invasion after the video. So that we, all of you see what, what, some of the things that were happening. Uh, and then Alex said something. And he began to tell me about some of the encounters that he has had. About the mentality of even some who are Christians. That tells you that even Christians need to be preached to. Even Christians need to be preached to. Because some of them don't really understand what they are into. They don't understand the gospel. But how would they get to know the gospel without a preacher? Romans chapter 10 verse number 15. Said, how shall they, from the verse 14 to the verse 16, said, how shall they call upon him on whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on whom of, in whom, of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear except somebody tells them? Without a preacher. And how shall they preach except they are sent? For how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of them that carry glad tidings. 
that carry good news that are coming to tell people that you don't need to die. You don't need to give up. You don't need to go to hell. There's salvation for you. And you are the preacher that God has sent. And the Bible says that it pleased God in his wisdom to save men through the foolishness of preaching. Somebody said, ah, these people, why are they giving their money to church? We are giving our money to church so that preaching can go on. No, no, no. If you want to help somebody, go and give the money to the poor. For common janka, let me tell you something. There's nothing you can give to an ejanka that can save the soul of that person. The only thing that you can give to a person that will save the person's soul is preaching. It's preaching. It's preaching. It's preaching. That's why even a rich man like Cornelius, the Bible says that he was giving alms to the poor. A child dear. Salaka <laughs> What are you talking about? After this, I need to rest. <laughs> are you understanding me? If the salaka, the alms giving, the gifts that Cornelius was giving out could save him, the angel will not ask him to go and call for Peter. He said, I go and send for Peter because God wants to save you, but you cannot be saved except through preaching. You have to be careful. Dear pantalon, do you know what that means? Uh, ghost trousers. <laughs> He said, go and send for Peter. You see, I pray that one day when God wants to save somebody, he will tell the person to come and call for Shelly. Because Shelly has words by which souls can be saved. We must labor in preaching. Listen, every week you must preach to somebody. Make it a part of your life. Ah, you use the vehicle, right? So every day you are meeting people. People sit in your car. Don't just be saying that child is a certain and I said he's giving my money. You add the gospel so that God loves you, okay? But make sure you call it the manifest. <laughs> so God loves you. God loves you. Give yourself to the Lord. Someone insults you. Some say, what, what do you mean? Focus on whatever you are doing. But don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Those of us who are into farming, some of us have planting plantations. Is it? It is not every seed that you sow that germinates, right? Even some of them are useless, but some of them too, they grow. It's not everybody you talk to that will listen to you, but at least somebody will listen to you. And that is all God is looking for. That is all God is looking for. That somebody that will listen to you. So we must labor in preaching. Labor in preaching. Share the gospel with others. 
the final way by which we are supposed to labor, which is actually now the subject. So I'm going to my subject for today. Labor in partnership. Labor in partnership. There is something in the kingdom of God known as partnership. And so today's message title should have been advancing the kingdom through partnership. Advancing the kingdom through partnership. Philippians chapter number 1. I want to read from the Amplified Version. Verse 3 to the verse number 7. I thank God in all remembrance of you. Paul was talking about the Philippian church. And he said anytime he remembers them, he thanks God. Oh my God. Who thanks God whenever they think about you? Oh, big who thanks God whenever they think about you? Paul said, I thank my God in all remembrance of you. Why? He said, in every prayer of mine, I always make my entreaty and petition for you all with joy, with delight. There are some women are praying for you. Or you there's pain in the prayer. There's pain in the prayer because you are not bringing joy. And one of the things that will bring me joy is to see that you are preaching the gospel. He said, with delight, verse 5, he said, I thank God for your fellowship, your sympathetic cooperation and contributions and partnership in advancing the good news, the gospel, from the first day you had it until now. Verse 6 and 7, I'll hold on to that for now. But you see, he talks about something over here. He talks about the Philippian church, and he says that anytime he remembers the Philippian church, he remembers them with joy, and begins to thank God for their lives. And he begins to tell us why. He says that it is because of their fellowship, their cooperation with him, their contributions and their partnership with him in the gospel. In other words, they were together with him in the assignment. What does partnership mean? Partnership means joining hands together to get a work done. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 that we are co-laborers with the Lord. Joining hands together, putting our hands together, holding our hands together to get the work done. People of God, there is an assignment that God has given. There is a work that God is into. Jesus said in the book of John chapter number 4, he said that, ah, he said that this is the reason that God sent me into this world. There is a purpose. There is an assignment. When he was 12 years old and his, his parents were looking for him, he asked them, that, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? So the father has a business. There's a work that the father is involved in. And that work has been given unto us. And that work is in the spreading of the gospel. Psalm 68 verse number 11. The Lord gave the word. And great were the company of them that published it. He wants a certain message to reach to the ends of the earth. Well evangelization. Well, evangelization. And whoever you are, every one of us, we must be connected to this preaching of the gospel where the good news is going everywhere. Everybody must hear about Jesus. Everybody must hear about his saving work in the earth. Everybody must say at least one time, at least once, that somebody came into this world to come and save them. And the name of that person is Jesus Christ. That is the good news. 
That is the good news. There's no value or importance to your life if your life is not connected to the good news of Jesus. Of what he has done. And of his saving power. Of his saving power. And what he has made available to them. It is only when they hear that they can be saved. And he said that he thank God. Why? Because from the first day that they heard about the message, and said that is actually one step. You are not, you have not fully experienced the joy of salvation if you don't contribute your quota in advancement of salvation of others. Because it is only when you appreciate what you have that you desire that another person should also receive the same thing. But when you don't fully appreciate what you have received and the work that Jesus Christ has done, Brothers and sisters, nothing will move you to want to advance this further. Nothing will move you to want to advance this further. What is your passion about? Do you know what has happened to you when you received Jesus Christ? So he said that from the first day that they heard the message, they, had, they started working with Paul the Apostle. And you see, uh, yesterday when we went for the soul winning uh, on Legon Campus, something uh, instrument, something happened that I took note of. In the, the, the last room that I went to minister in uh, at uh, Legon, I began to speak to them and speak to them and speak to them. And then I, the, the Spirit of God used me to minister certain things to them. But when we came there, at first, they were a bit cold. They, they, they were wondering what, what we were there to do. But by the time we were done, and wanted to leave. Now they were, they said, oh, can they give us something? Can they give us water? I said, oh, no, we are there. They said, no, no, at least take this water. What were they doing? The gospel had entered in their hearts so much soon. Now they wanted to find a way to partner with the gospel by giving something that will cool down the heat of walking through the sun. Brothers and sisters, you have not truly heard from God if you have not yet decided to be a partner. And to partner means to hold hands together to get the work done. If I'm your pastor, I'm your man of God, I'm your prophet. Listen, there's no prophet, no proper apostle of God who does not have a, a message and an assignment. As I'm standing over here, I am not just here as a preacher. I'm here as somebody with an assignment. Now, partnership means holding together with me that the assignment that has been given whatever the assignment is how can I help to get the assignment done don't just be a part of the church and you don't know what you are doing in the church it, partnership is for the mature partnership is for those who have understood what ministry is about partnership is for those who have heard from God and so they want to play their role to hold hands together with the minister to ensure that the assignment is fulfilled and so when they come to church, they don't come to church just to come and receive a miracle. They come to church to be part of the engagement, to hear what God has to say concerning the assignment, and then to consider what can I do to help? What can I do to help? What can I do to help? Anytime you come to church, don't just think about the fellowship. Think about the assignment and find out from the Spirit of God, what can I do in this season to help? Taking hold together to get the work done. We join hands together to get the vision of God done. Together we are stronger. Together we can get more done. There are things I can do on my own. And anybody who has known me over the years, you know I like to do things on my own a lot. I like to, a lot of the projects that we have in this church, they are not, we didn't do any fundraising. I was trying, I've been trying to do a lot of things on my own. Wanted to get a bus. We, I, I, we got it on our own. 
But you see, that is not the perfect picture of God. God wants every one of us to get involved. And your involvement shouldn't be by fundraising or by force or by coercion. It should be by maturity and understanding. Understanding on the, of the value of the gospel to you. Some of you, you know the sicknesses that you have. But by reason of this assignment, the sickness has left you. You know the path that your life was taking. But by reason of this assignment, you too you can say that now your life is getting better. You know what was happening in your life. But by reason of this assignment, you can see that some positivity and profit is coming out of your life. What is the best thing for you to do? What can I do to help? What can I do to help? What can I do to help? He said, even after he had, they had preached to them and they had gotten to know the Lord, he said, now he thanked God for their, and this was the church, this was the church that he, the only church that he spoke that way concerning. The only church that he said, anytime I remember you, he, not just anything, I rem, he, as soon as he thinks about them, it's with joy and delight. He said, that my entreaties for you, my prayer for you, are with delight. Why? Because they were cooperative of his assignment. They were partnering with him. They were helping him. What help are you giving? What help are you giving? Some of you, before you came in contact with the commission, the cases that were stopping your advancement, now you too, you can also testify of progress in your life. The most, the, 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 the most noble thing you can ever do is to ask, what can I also do to help? Romans chapter 12 verse 1 tells us that it is a reasonable act of service. Reasonable service. Partnership. Together we can do more. Together we can do more. In Philippians chapter 1, the verse number 27, look at what Paul says. The only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. In other words, your way of life should always be about the gospel. Let your conversation only let your conduct, that New King James, that's good. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and I see you, or I'm absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit. Take note of that. You stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I wish I could illustrate this. I wish I could illustrate this. Can I get a protocol? Come. Can, can you come? Now, let's say I want to go in this direction and this man is the one is, is, is in my way and I'm going. It becomes very easy to push him. But come, hold your hands together or lock your hands together and you are going to work out to oppose me from advancing. Is it all of those days where I can beat them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it I'm just trying to illustrate the verse number 27. He's saying that whatever we are doing in the gospel, we should do it in one spirit, striving together. In other words, now you both are going to work together against whatever I have to do. Now, as I'm going, hey, Master, uh, me. <laughs> the energy that they are coming, I beg. But at least you understand. <laughs> together, it will be difficult. That is how it is. Whenever we come together to push the gospel forward, we become stronger and become more difficult for the devil to win against us. Somebody celebrate the Lord. God bless you. Partnership makes us stronger. 
partnership makes us more effective. And that was how the Philippian church were, 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 were working. You know, partnership is your active ministry beyond your limits. If you are a Christian and now you want to move to a higher dimension of operation, partnership is the way to go. It's beyond, oh, I'll give you my offerings, I'll give you my tithes, that is all by, that is all it is. No, it is beyond, it is beyond your normal service. Partnership means that now you are taking the responsibility of the gospel together with the minister. Now, it is not just the minister who wakes up in the morning wondering how the ministry is going to go. You too, it is part of your responsibility. A friend of mine is a prophet of God. He had been laboring for the law for many, many years. And then four of five of his friends, one was a doctor, one was a lecturer, one was a banker, and the other was also into another business or the other. And over the years, they have been praying together and he had been a blessing to them. One day they came to him and he said, Prof, we want you to leave everything about the ministry to us. You just focus on pray and come and minister to us. And come and minister to the people. But when it comes to your finances, we have decided that we are going to contribute to rent a place for you and your family. We are going to get you a car and we are going to give you monthly salary. So even when you are ministering, don't be under compulsion that you have to do fundraising or to ask people to sow seeds. Just flow and be yourself and serve God. We too, this is the assignment that God has given unto us. And we are going to, and so they were contributing every month and taking care of him so that he could labor in the ministry that God has called him. That is partnership. That is partnership. That is partnership. For them to be able to even conceive that, and they took that burden all to themselves. Today, he's even doing international ministry. And all of this is possible just because four friends, four friends, saw that this is their role in the life of this minister. This is their role. In the life of this minister. So he can organize programs. So when we do programs, the budget is all on us. Don't even think about the budget. Don't even think about the budget. How we raise the funds is up to us. When they started doing that, do you know what happened? God started opening doors for them. Now all of them are big people. All of them are big people. And when they became big people, they are still pushing it further. Pushing it further. Now, not only are they contributing financially, the anointing has also come upon them, and some of them have even started prophesying. And when they lead people in prayer, you think that this is a prophet operating. You know, there's something known as partaking of the grace. Partnership makes you a partaker of the grace, a participator. Listen, you can be in this church for God knows how long, but there's a certain level of the grace that is upon my life you can only desire, you can never enjoy. Except you become a partner. Except you become a partner. Somebody who is helping. Then we begin to share the rewards. We begin to share the power. We begin to share the testimonies. We begin to share the victories. You must make a decision to be a partner. I realize something. That the ministry, for the ministry of God, the ministry to work effectively, there are three components. There are three components. Number one, the anointing. The anointing. If the ministry is going to work efficiently and effectively to produce results, a little loss, there must be three components. Number one is the anointing. The anointing is talking about the call that God will give his minister. It's talking about the minister himself. There must be a man of God. There must be somebody that God has anointed and called and who should have a specific set of gifts. Glory to Jesus Christ. 
Now, if somebody is to ask you what is the gift of your pastor, what will you say? What will you say? Can I get some three people? What is the gift of me, your pastor? What will you say? Uh, what? Speak up, speak up. Oh, Casa Casa. Anointing, okay, powerful. I want to do something more specific here. Healing, powerful. Amen. So healing, who else? Teaching, powerful, yes. Prophetic, powerful. What else? Apostolic, powerful. What else? Yes. Counseling, powerful. What else? I'm looking for something else. Counseling, powerful. What else? Who said that? Who said Who said that? Ah, uh, yeah. Yes, ah. Uh, Amen and amen. Hallelujah. But healing, prophetic, teaching, counseling. You see, so those are specific gifts that God has. I'm even surprised that he, he, he knew the counseling. Many people don't know that I have an anointing for counseling. Many people don't know. I received that all the way from the best uni- uh, secondary school in Ghana, St. Augustine's College. Glory to Jesus Christ. And so, and God gave it to me. From that time, I, me, I don't know counseling by brain. It's by anointing. It's by anointing. So, there must be the anointing, which constitutes the call, the anointed person, and the gifts that he carries. And then number two, helpers, which is talking about human resource. People who are holding to, uh, hands together. For instance, imagine that I, I, I woke up in the morning at 3 a.m. and I go and carry mixer and come and find tune mixer. Carry, uh, what, how do you call them? Speakers. And then do a whole lot of things. Come and put a uh, keyboard in place and, and, and can't can even stand here and preach. No. So there are human resources, human helpers. Human helpers. Imagine me, the same person. I go and stand at the door and then ushering people that hey, go and sit there, go and sit there, and then I run and then come and do worship. Hey, hey, hey. and I now come and say, today I want to share with you. Come on, are you getting me? So what does God give? Human helpers, human resource. The Bible calls it the ministry of help. Listen, when God calls you into a ministry of helping, it has, it does not, it's not, a, it's not, some people think that, oh, I have to be forefront of everything. No, you, you don't have to be forefront of everything. Some people have an anointing. God has called them, God has given them a ministry. And so because there's an anointing on their life, no, no, I have to go out and go and start my own church so I mean to be Listen to me. That has become one of the reasons why the church of God is becoming weaker. But I think we can come together and together we can be stronger. Together we can be stronger. Somebody must be handling the PC. Somebody must be handling the camcorder. Somebody must be directing people. Somebody must be working on the power. Somebody must be working on administration. Somebody must be working. All of those things are ministries. And callings. And callings. And when we all come together to work to help the anointed or the anointing, it is a form of partnership. It helps to make the work effective. Somebody must drive the bus. Someone must go and pick some people from here and there. Somebody must make some calls. Every one of us, we are working together. Human resource. Are you part of the human resource? Are you part of the workforce to help? So, there is a human resource. The ministry of health. I was trying to do a little talk on that. 
you know, a wife has been called to the ministry of health. Do you know the Holy Ghost is also has been called to the ministry of health? The Bible says he's a helper. And the Holy Spirit doesn't think it's a secondary calling. Something that even the Holy Spirit is his ministry. Helps. And then you are saying, oh, me, because of the, what I'm doing, I'm not the one. I'm, it's only Papa is getting the glory. No, 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 no. If the Holy Spirit himself considered himself in the ministry of health, why do you think it's an inglorious work? It's our mentality that is worrying us. That is worrying us. So, there's a ministry of helps. And then, finally, for the ministry to work effectively, partnership. And this time I'm talking about financial material resources. The gospel is free, but it is not cheap. Can I repeat that? The gospel is free, but it is not cheap. And I understood that when I became somebody who is into ministry. When I started doing missions work, I understood it even more. But when I became a pastor, I understood it most. <laughs> I understood it most. Hey, to run a church and to manage people, it is not easy. It is not easy. It is not easy. A lot of financial involvement. A lot of financial involvement. Because the ministry is about people that sold us there's so much of I was telling somebody recently uh, that it's as though there's been so many needs. We have been fixing buses, fixing this, fixing that, fixing that. That it's as though even recently it's been difficult to send any money to the bank. Because now, especially the way that things have become expensive. So what would have been surplus five, two years ago, now it's part of expense. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's because you have no increased offering. <laughs> Amen and amen. I, I hope you are getting me. It is expensive. When we look at even how we have to even stand, sometimes stand in and intervene for people. Sometimes helping people with feet. Sometimes helping people with hospital bills. And one thing or the other. And you see, as a, a, a church with a heart for people. You know, I've been preaching and I've been talking about the fact that the church does not exist to uh, pay people school fees. It is true. But that doesn't mean that we don't do it. But then you see, our orientation, somebody may be sitting and we say that it is uh, a mass. No, it is not a mass. It is not a mass. The mass is what I'm doing, preaching to you and teaching to you. But then we, apart from that, we believe that as a ministry, we also call to help people. So we expand towards that. Praise God. You know, I have to give you the 100%. I don't know, maybe you're going to be fighting somewhere and then you, your pastor has not taught you properly. Amen and amen. So I have to teach you the thing 100%. That doesn't mean that we are, we are doing it a, we are, more than you can even imagine. Even sometimes the bill around that alone is so high. But then we are trusting God to get all of it done and push everybody as much as we can. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, what must you do? Your material resources must be involved. And I'm talking about growing your faith beyond your tithe and your offerings. Growing your faith beyond your tithe and offerings. Someone said, oh, we sow seeds. Master, seed, when you sow a seed, it's, not, it's for you. Seeds are your faith expression to receive something from God. But partnership 
is you giving us your contribution to help advance the vision and to get the work done. So, for instance, I come and I say that God has told us that we should plant five churches. That is money. By God's grace, we are looking at starting a church in Kolibu, and we have a place. We are going to soon have to start doing wiring and all of those things and get a place set up, get billboards and all of those things at that place. That is money. You see, I've not even told you. It's just today I'm telling you. We are already halfway through the work. Already, already halfway through the work. Right. What can I do to help the work? What can I do to help the work? I told you that our ministry, we are doing ministry. Because... Last week, we had about 60-something children. And out of the 60-something children, only about 10 to 15 are children from parents in this church. So their parents are not in the church. And we have to go and carry them from their houses and bring them to church and send them back. And when they come, to, we feed them on top. Apart from the spiritual responsibility of teaching them the word of God and helping them to become better human beings. You, you don't understand me, so you don't why you don't clap. When we close from this service, the achievers are going to come. And the achievers too, only about, it's not up to even 10 of them have their parents or their family members in this church. This we have to go and bust them and bring them and bring them to church. Come to hear the word of God and to grow in the things of God. So, Ours is a give-give ministry. If you give in this church, please, you are working for God. There are some people who may not be able to go with us on Saturdays as part of the human resource. But have you considered when they go and they come and there's something to cool their thirst or some money to pay for the fuel for the bath as it's going? Can I be the one responsible for it? Can I be the one who is taking up that cost? God is looking for such people like that. That I mean, everything it should be the cost of the church. Everything should be the cost of the church. Everything should be the cost of the church. Oh, let the pastor worry about it. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Partnership. Partners don't think that way. Partners are saying that, Pastor, what is God saying? God says that we should do a project that is worth one million Ghana cities. Okay, I'm a part of it. Then the person goes and goes start praying. God, how can I be a part of this? How can I be a part of this? God, give me the resources for it. God, give me the resources for it. And the person remembers, ah, I have a land. Then the person go and sell that land and go and push that thing over there. Ooh, okay, glory to God. I, I get the person gets it done. <laughs> this one is going to be very difficult for some people. <laughs> glory to Jesus. Two times I've given land for the work of God. So, so stop, stop, stop thinking that it cannot be done. Me, I've done it. At least in my life, I'm a I've given at least three plots of land for the work of God. So when I tell you something, it's not, I've done it. I've done it. Before I became a pastor, I was a Christian. And I was serving God. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Woo! Glory to Jesus Christ. But partners think beyond themselves. They look for ways by which they can sacrifice to get the work done. And because of that, there are partnership rewards that come to them. I'm not going to talk about that today because I, today I want you to think sacrifice, not rewards. 
Because somebody will say, that, ah, if I do it for God, what will God give to me? No, you are not thinking as a partner. Partner is thinking about what is my part in the responsibility. Yes, there are rewards. I can give you a thousand and one rewards. But I'm stop thinking about the rewards all the time. Think about God must be preached. Jesus must be preached. What can I do? Some of us even a little sacrifice is too much for us. It's too much for us. Today, there must be repentance. I said there must be repentance. I said there must be repentance. I said there must be repentance. Some of you, that shoe, you have to go and sell it and go and bring the money to partner with what God is doing. You have shoes, you don't use it. You don't use it. Now you have wigs, you don't wear them. You must think about what do I have that can be a benefit to the gospel. Some of you have cars. <laughs> How is your car serving the Lord? You, you come in. <laughs> you come and see empty chairs. These empty chairs, they, they can be, it's the person who is your neighbor that you left in the house. It's that person's chair. It's that person's chair. But you didn't carry that person in your car to bring that person to church. Listen, today I want to commission every car in this church, whether it has my name on it or not. From now, your car is supposed to be used for the gospel. Every Sunday, your car must carry people to church. Ah, every day that, oh yeah, my car, my wife and my children. Please, I am not talking about that wife and children. <laughs> I know what that people apart from your wife and your children. Amen and amen. Let your, you see, that is partnership with the gospel. Are you understanding me? Every day you pick two bar. Only you are sitting at front like cow and then with your seven. The back seat. Who are those seated over there? Carry people in there. Carry people in there. And bring them to church. Tell somebody partnership. Tell somebody partnership. Listen to me. Some of you must take up there and say that, Pastor, how much fuel do we buy every Sunday to carry people to church? I want to take up that course. I want to take up that course. Somebody said, ah, Pastor, I see that we are always online. How much money do I use, do we use for data? I want to at least, even if I cannot do it 100%, I want to take part of it. Are we together? Partnership. You must begin to think outside the realm of selfish interests. And now begin to go to the place of what part can I play? What contribution can I bring on board to get the work done? To get the work done. The most important thing to you should be that the work is done. The work is done. The work is done. I pray that God will raise partners in this church. Men and women who go and tell, who come and say that, Pastor, focus on praying and on preaching and on studying the word of God. We want to take up the challenge, any burden that is in this church. Is it? And when you come and tell me that too, I'll say yes, but I'll say no in my heart. Do you know why? Because me too, if I also don't give to the gospel, I also not prosper. Are you understanding me? So, uh, yes, come and help me, but me too, I'll contribute. 
I'll contribute. I'll contribute. Begin to think as a partner. And the ministry cannot do well and get to its highest level without partners. Do you know Jesus' ministry was successful because he had partners? Luke chapter 8 verse 1 to 3. In the verse 3, the Bible says that, And many others which ministered unto him of their substance. Women were around Jesus. Women are powerful. Women give very well. Women give a lot. Women give a lot. And they give unto Jesus' ministry. And that's why Jesus will be going around preaching the gospel and be going with... So, you know, how to have a, a, a staff number of 12 workers, full-time workers. Do you know the expense of it? The Bible said he was giving them food to eat. He was taking care of them. If they have to sleep in a hotel, Jesus would pay for all of them to sleep in a hotel. Jesus could not do that kind of ministry unless somebody, some people, he had backing, partners. Yes. Blow yourself. I'm trying to let you know that if you don't preach the gospel, that's what people will be blowing themselves in hell. Everything, there's a message in there. What are you talking about? Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Think as a partner. Stop thinking as an ordinary church member and then every time what must be given to me, what must be given to me. Somebody may even be in church today and I'm not preaching, and you're preaching into no bio or chair my apple and the pastor, give me something. God is saving you. Ready, ready. Ah. I have something to ask. Glory to Jesus Christ. So Jesus had partners in Matthew chapter 26, 7 to 13. You see a, a woman with a alabaster box coming to anoint Jesus' feet. She was a partner. And because of that, everywhere Jesus' ministry was mentioned, this woman is mentioned. John chapter 6, 5 to 9, Jesus uh, also had partners. Uh, uh, the little boy who brought his five loaves of bread and fish to Jesus to feed over 5,000 people. Those were partners. Like the end of this year, every year end, we go and do outreach to orphanages and to give to the poor. Listen, you need partners. Partners. And you see, and listen, some of us also, because we want to make it as a name for ourselves, we don't want to give it. We also want to do it alone with our family somewhere. So that, no, 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 brothers and sisters. Well, you're part of a ministry. Let us pull our resources together to get big things done for Jesus. Are we together? Are we together? Are we together? Some of us, some of you, your rooms can be used as microchurch centers. It's a partnership. When we finish, you do tea for all those who attend. And you let them enjoy. Why do you, do you think they won't come next week? They'll come. They'll come. So you are letting my shepherd suffer, sir. and they'll be doing follow up, and the people won't come because you, 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 you have some food. So today, when we close from after the shepherd has finished ministry, I have something small for everybody. Partnership. Partnership. No, I want you to start thinking. I'm giving you ways. For you to think. Say I'm a partner. Say God use me as a partner. Right now we have started. School of the word. Somebody can say that. Oh pastor. The uh, uh, materials. I think if we share it for every member. It will help. Can, I, can we get the cost of printing. The, uh, the materials. 
so that everybody can get the outline so that they can take it home. Instead of just the, 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 the teacher having it on their phone or having it on their device. Think about the work and how it can get done. Are we learning the way to think? Or, we are, or when I started, it, it, it involves money, so you have closed your mind. You, you are going home. Amen and amen. Say our help in the work. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 3. Peter gave his boat for Jesus to preach. Luke chapter 22, verse 8 to 13. A man gave his room for Jesus' final meal. Matthew chapter 27, verse 57 to 60. Joseph of Arimathea even gave up his tomb, his new tomb, for Jesus to get a place to rest himself when he had died. When he had died. Look for something that he can do. Paul also had ministry helpers, the Philippian church. Elisha also had a ministry helper, the Shunammite woman. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.